Project Sapient is a podcast meant to engage our brothers and sisters in the law enforcement and military communities in conversations that we all know we need to have. All opinions you'll hear are our own, are protected by our First Amendment of the United States Constitution, and in no way reflect or are meant to reflect the opinion of any specific agency, officer, or service member. Some opinions may be controversial. Listener discretion is advised. Enjoy. Um, um, what the uh, fuck are you doing? Dude, these puppies are amazing. How many have you had? I don't know. You fucking savage. I feel good. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, Project Sapient. Visit us on projectsapient.org. I have cookie in my mouth, too. <laughs> ProjectSapien2020 at gmail.com. Giggity. <laughs> we want to say thanks to our thousands of listeners and our supporters, DCD Automotive, which is the Bach Group. We have a new one, Effective Fitness Training, EFT. You guys know him. Till Valhalla Project, AAA Police Supply, Havoc Journal, our partners at the Profiles and Havoc Podcast, Second Mission, Live Boston 617, OD Kit, Eagle Eye Firearms, Gun Track, Fit Cops, and 22 Mohawks. Joint operation, too. I forgot about them. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. You want to take the fucking cookie out of your mouth, or you want to just do that with the whole show? It is delicious. I, I, you, I may be chewing the whole time, but actually, it would it would actually annoy the shit out of me listening to somebody chew. Uh, chew. I got to listen to you for an hour a fucking week anyway, so. What, what are we doing today, dude? So, um, today, uh, we have a guest, mm-hmm. and uh, y'all may, uh, may know him. Uh, he runs... Apparently, uh, several actually Instagram pages, but uh, more importantly, uh, really took a following to uh, his uh, one of his podcasts and uh, trainings. Uh, basically, is called uh, Effective Fitness Training. Very cool. And uh, so, got in touch with him, Adam. Uh, and uh, it's a good-looking guy. I'm looking I, at him right know, now right? on the screen. Just uh, well. I'm having a hard time to uh, to talk as I look longingly into his eyes. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna leave you too alone. <laughs> no judgment here, bro. <laughs> yeah. So uh, so got talking to Adam and and pretty much we uh, hit it off right away. And you know it's it's not that uh, not that difficult when you find good good guys, good cops yeah. out there that you know especially that uh, understand the job and know what what the job should be like versus that check the box bullshit that goes on all the time. Well, it's, it's, all, it, it's all about kind of like our mission too. Like yeah. it, our, our little journey here the last two years, we've been bringing together a lot of people of the same mindset. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And it's much easier now in the days of the internet yeah, and podcasts yeah. Yeah. and all that shit. So yeah. Adam, welcome to the show, man. Thank you so much for coming on. Can you hear us? Okay. What's up gentlemen. Awesome, man. Thank you so Good much brother. for coming on, man. Um, of course. I, of course. I'm going to, I'm going to take the cookie out of fucking Iman's mouth in a minute. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah so so adam we uh just uh gonna do a brief history on 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 you um sure. if you want to go ahead just you know when you started on the job and kind of what you saw uh going through your career as as a cop and uh, and what you saw uh, in terms like i mean you spoke before the downward spiral of the of the training sure um you know most people think I have a very impressive law enforcement background because I have a lot of followers. They would be gravely mistaken. Um, (laughs) I only spent about seven years in law enforcement. Five of those were on patrol. And then I was, um, demoted to training sergeant, as I say, um, about five years in. And basically within that five years, I got a lot of experience, right? I was able to, uh, I worked with a branch of the state police. And so I was able to get, uh, 
working with canine, marine units, uh, narcotics, all kinds of stuff. Uh, that was kind of the perk of the job. And within that, um, I was exposed, you know, obviously to different types of training, uh, different agencies being a, being a state guy, you get to work with other agencies and see how they train and see their standards. Um, and then, uh, when I got approached to training, uh, one of my biggest things I saw was there was no medical program, uh, no TAC med program. So we really implemented that, um, going forward. And then kind of from there, that's how actually effective fitness was born. So, you know, through that, uh, obviously I had been running police post, uh, the entire time, um, that I basically was a cop. So I was actually asked to help run police post. And, um, and then I just, I posted one training point, uh, cause I did something very fucking stupid. And I was like, well, let me find somebody else doing something kind of stupid. And it was, uh, unfortunately very easy to find. And <laughs> in our profession, it. no. Yeah. Right. And so, uh, you know, I posted it and it kind of blew up from there. And then from there, I started making really good contacts. Uh, I got to train with, you know, some of the best dudes in the world um, that I would say when it came to their, their specific skill level or, or their specific discipline. Um, and then from there, you know, I felt myself becoming a better police officer because I was ex really just exposing myself to this. And then I realized that in service training uh, very young in my career that this is all bullshit. Yeah. Um, literally that's probably the best way to describe it. It's like, you're here to, uh, just check a box, go eat lunch and then check another box at night and then go home. Um, and that unfortunately was, was the game plan. Um, and I was like, well, that's not the game I want to play. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, again, police post developed in what it is. Uh, and now we have a number of people that work for police post and effective fitness really. Um, so Joey and Kyle are, uh, two active guys out in California that run the uh, police post training page. Um, they're both uh, patrol and part-time SWAT. Um, Joey has military experience as well. Um, Kyle was a street crimes guy for a while. Then we have Ralph who's out in LA. He works for a federal agency. Um, and then we have Jay who works in, uh, works in New York. He's a team leader for SWAT team up in Jamestown. We have Sergeant Tom, who's a canine sergeant here for uh, Charleston City Police Department. And then we have um, that gear dude who is uh, oh, no shit. down. Yeah, <laughs> who is uh, who is down in the USA. Uh, he, he he like kind of he kind of prefer to keep everything under wraps. So yeah, he's a full time SWAT guy. Um, and, and we're all in the in the process of onboarding some more people throughout the country. So really is to bring the best of the best from all different disciplines and um, really you know, provide a, provide a service and a resource. And so that's, that's kind of it in a nutshell. Uh, so basically, you know, I was kind of the, I was kind of the glue to bring all these superstars, uh, uh, superstars together. I'm a visionary by, by genetics. So um, my idea has really seemed to kind of take off and I'm very blessed and very fortunate that I have people who support me uh, and people who are just as motivated as I am to, to hopefully see a change in the, uh, in the profession. Well, it's, it's, it, they're good ideas. Right. And a lot of times like listening to everything you just said to me, it was kind of like what we talked about before the show is, you know, with the, with the age of the internet and the age of podcasting and social media and all that shit, it's getting a tiny little bit easier getting a lot of these people together. Yeah, exactly. And, and that's the thing yeah. I'm like, like I said, you know, I, the, 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 the phrase or term I always use is the hybrid wolves out there. We, yeah. we know each other, right? We, we, we gravitate towards each other because we're the ones uh, who see the deficiencies 
see what's going on in society, know where the bad guys are all the time. You know, like we, we just hone in these skills and we hone in these skills to, uh, to master them because we know how important these skills are when, you know, when you like uh, one thing I always say when people ask me, Oh, why do you train like that or whatever? So I'm training, I'm training for that final fight and that final fight I'm going to win. That's why I train the way I train. And, and you know, the, the good cops that get it, respect that. The 80% of their <laughs> other cops who are the targets I call, they're like, oh, look at this fucking guy. Like, oh, here we go. You know, he's, he's working out. He's doing this. He's doing that. He's always training. You know, like, yeah, fucker, I'm always training because you know what? One day it's going to, my life's going to depend on it and it's going to, and I'll probably save your life and the other person, you know what I mean? Like, it's one of those things that it it's, it's incumbent on us to uh, boots on the ground. The guys who are on the ground, boots on the ground. It's incumbent on us to be those types of professionals. And again, to me, policing law enforcement is a profession. It's not a fucking McDonald's job, you know, like some, some people think or whatever, or some, like some of these newer cops that just come in, I think, you know, they're going to work 40 hours and they're done. It's like, it's a little bit more than that. It's a, it's a lifestyle change. It's a career. It's a career, you know? So with all that said, you know, when, when myself and, and Pete were, were talking about the training aspect and how the training has been just terrible, you know, for the past number of years, um, and it has finally caught up to us, you know, wh- where we are now as, as a profession is showing because of these checkbox, all these good idea fairies coming out with all these weird freaking training theories and and shit like that where there's no application whatsoever to our job and what we do. So, I mean, I, I, that's why I think, I, you know, I love what you're doing and how you're bringing all these, you know, essentially masters in the field together to put essentially effective training together. Oh, it's, it's, it's all about picking the minds of everybody around you, right? Yeah. Like what's the saying? If you're the smartest guy in the room, you're in the wrong room. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And it, what I, I'll give you two little examples. When we started, we had that, uh, I was on the team probably three, four years before that terrorist incident. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, after we, and we trained after we had that terrorist incident, obviously we got a lot more money and we got a lot more uh, experts from around the country that would come in. You know, we had Devru guys coming in helping us. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I saw that, oh my God, these last three years I was doing a shit ton of training. I'm doing really good. And then once that shit started, I was like, holy fuck, we haven't been doing anything. Yeah. On the flip side to that, I got really good training for a decade. On the flip side to that, when I went back to patrol, it didn't start right away, but I started seeing it between six and 18 months of a lot of my skill sets starting to go downhill, you know, not the basics, not the core the room clearing and all that shit. That's something like we were discussing earlier. There's a thousand ways to skin the cat. Yeah. You kind of have your own way of doing it. Yeah. Um, but I started realizing that all the in-service and all the bullshit training that I had done after the team literally made me worse. Yeah. Did nothing. In-service DT. What is it? I, I, I'll be honest. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Not even. You, you're lucky Move if you back. Suck. Yeah, Move right. Move back. Stop. Yeah. Get back. Yeah. Stop, get back. Yeah. yeah. I'll tell you guys the part of the in service that I just did without giving up intel and getting in trouble. Part of the in service that I just did that was the only beneficial part was CPR. <laughs> well, and I'm talking like is that really beneficial? Let's let's actually <laughs> talk about CPR. Yeah. I mean. it, not for me. For the right. rest of the guys who right. were like, oh, it's 15 and two, really? And you're like. What motherfucker? Everybody's dead. What? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. What? Yeah, yeah. It's 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 that that's the thing though. You know, uh, I think uh, Adam, you had um, 
Amy Abbott on on your on your podcast yep. recently. So yep. I, I was listening to that and, and it made me chuckle about um you know all these tactics that are uh that are you know tacticians and you know you got training trainings of uh clearing a room and you know they want to yeah. show you the best way to clean a it's like dude there's only one way or two ways to clear a room there's not this million different ways of doing it but uh but to me the fundamentals the basics is where it's at yeah um a delta operator who's who's retired um fucking dude was a badass back in his heyday he put it to me the best best way he, he phrased it he said he we were sitting having a couple of drinks together and he's you know we were just talking shooting the shit and he says you know i mean do you know what high speed is <laughs> like really do you know what high speed is I was like, no, you tell me. Not telling everybody your high speed. <laughs> yeah. No, he said, uh, he said, high speed is doing the basics, but faster. Yeah. And that's it. He said, right. fuck all the noise of, uh, you know, all these flashy moves and all that shit. He said, you come back to the fundamentals and you work them to death. Everything else will come later. Right. Which is a hundred percent agree. So I couldn't agree more with, with you, uh, you know, with, with you and Amy, uh, the way you guys were talking about firearms, uh, training because I'm, I'm a firearms instructor and yeah, that's yeah. what I look for. I look for the basics. I don't look for anything else. Right. You know, and that's well, where, where I diagnose and fix somebody if I need to. Right. Well, actually knowing the basics will make you a better instructor. Right. And yeah, I think a lot of people in this profession, uh, you know, I, I can, I can only talk from my personal experience, uh, and the people that I've actually talked to, but they try to overcomplicate very simple tasks, right? And they try to make themselves sound smarter than uh, they are. And <laughs> in that, all they do is confuse the fuck out of somebody, yeah, right? So, and that can be for firearms, that can be for tactics, that could be for defensive tactics or going hands-on, right? Like, yeah. we know that in jiu-jitsu, if you train any type of jiu-jitsu, that there is a literally a billion moves yeah. in jiu-jitsu, a billion. Yeah. Uh, and, and do we need to know all billion? No, we can literally know 15 know those 15 really fucking well. Mm -hmm. uh, and you're, and you're going to see success, right? Yeah. Same thing with firearms training, right? Like, do you have to go to the range every day? No, you shouldn't go to the range every day, right? Yeah. Cause then you're going to be lacking in something else. Cause you're spending all your time at the fucking range. <laughs> yeah. Right. But should you dry fire every day? Absolutely. Yeah. Even if it's three to five minutes, yeah. right? Just making aware of where your gun is on your belt. That's important. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. Like, I mean, I mean, you'd be surprised how many cops don't check the status of their service weapon before every shift. <laughs> I'm, I, I, dude, I'm, I'm dead surprised. fucking serious. Like, yeah, I'm not, I'm surprised not surprised. Seeing, yeah. I mean, cause they get home, they take it out, they unload it, they put it in a safe or whatever they do. Sometimes they're in a rush. They grab, they just throw a magazine in it and they put it in their holster. Yeah. I had a, you know. sometimes that's not even that. I had a friend of mine who's a firearms instructor, not Iman. That's a firearms instructor that sent me a picture of a dude's firearm he hadn't pulled it out of his holster in two fucking years. He had a popcorn kernel <laughs> in the weapon. In the barrel? <laughs> yeah. In the weapon. So between like the mag and fuck it, it was a popcorn oh kernel God. that had gotten in there. Oh, so it would have been a misfire. Uh, oh, it would have made a popcorn oh. if he fucking shot it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> would have made a popcorn. But like I, I sat to myself and I said, it, it hasn't come out of the holster yeah, in two exactly years. It. That's exactly it. Like, it's beyond knowing the basics. It's like, yeah. what the fuck is going on? Well, to me, the, the firearm is our, you know, th that final last line of defense of like, yeah, you know what? Shit fucking really hit the fan. Uh, for example, Boston Marathon bombing. Holy fuck. You're like, okay, shit hit the fan. And I can only imagine the amount of cops that, which we actually heard, the amount of cops the weapons weren't firing. They were so dirty. They malfunctioned. Um, some 
officers haven't even deployed their patrol rifles out of the cruisers. They ended up getting stuck because they got rusted. <laughs> I'm like, these are the issues that went on. Uh, you know, after the AR for the Boston Marathon bombing, and, and Pete, you've heard them all, and it's like, yeah, I did half of them. <laughs> it's like, yeah, because nobody checks their equipment before shift, or nobody takes that time. Uh, you know, like in the military, it's called PMCS, preventive PC, yeah, PMCS, preventive maintenance checks and services. That's that's the military term, and we do that for all our equipment. Every piece of equipment we have, there's a, and it, they even break it down to a form. Like, you know, when you check your shit, literally there's a form, PMCS form, and you got to go through it to check, make sure all your equipment is 100% accountable and, and will work. So, so that's the thing where, um, in our profession, as a lot, like, I love seeing policies actually in, in police, certain police departments that will say, you know, uh, uh, each officer is responsible for their own weapon and a supervisor is to check, you know, uh, service, <laughs> an officer's weapon, uh, before shift or whatever. And they're like, you know, how many sergeants I know that probably have never asked, their fellow officers, hey, uh, how's your gun looking? How's the function? Whatever, or give me a functions test. They wouldn't even know how to. I, I bet you they, they wouldn't even know how to do that. And, and that that goes back to again the the fundamentals, the basic basic shit. It, I I had said it one time. It was doing we were doing um some research and accountability stuff, and I had said people actually laughed at me after I said it. And I was like, what the fuck did I just say? That was funny. Yep. And I, it, it's very basic. I said, if the foundation is rotten, yeah. the home's not going to stand. Yeah. And like, I got a look like it was like deer in headlights. And they're like, what do you mean? I said, if the foundation is rotten, the home's not going to stand. So if your foundational issues aren't addressed and they're not patched and they're not done correctly, Everything you've built on top of it is going to fucking collapse. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You, you, great, we got patrol rifles. Yay! You can't get them out of the fucking thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So what is so? Let me ask you this: What do you think is the foundation? What is the discipline that is the foundation? Reverting back to basics is mine. Oh yeah, no, always yeah. reverting back. Let's to go. Basics. Let's be more specific. Okay. Okay, the basics: behavior. Let's be. I would say even even more that. specific than that. Hmm. Uh, interactions with law enforcement. So I yelling would at people in the academy. That, right, yes, yes. Okay, so now you're getting warmer. I stress inoculation. So this, my, so, this, so this is my conceptual part of it, right? And this yeah. is also a also a fucking shameless plug, right? So for effective fitness, we say that fitness is the foundation for survival, right? The yeah. actual body of the officers. Now, now the fitness does include cognitive abilities as well. Yep. Right. Because yep. obviously this job is very interactive. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. so, you know, so fitness as we see it is that foundation. It is that, it is that slab in which you build a structure on. Yep. Right. And again, you can have a 10 by 10 slab and you can't put a skyscraper on it, right? It's not going to be stable. So you have to expand that foundation to then throw, uh, you know, in addition to that, right? So if we look at fitness as a whole, you guys have seen it firsthand. You got a soup sandwich, right? Everything, everything we talk about is use of force. Everybody's use of force, use of force, use of force, right? Obviously the first level is officer presence. Just yeah. being there is a use of force, okay? So if your use of force is you and you're a soup sandwich, what do you think that's going to do to all the other levels? Yeah, like yeah. Failure. Exactly. 
Exactly. You're, yep. you're now going to dictate the effectiveness yep. of all other levels just from that foundational level, which is going to say you're going to have you're going to have a faster panic rate. You're going to have, uh, you know, again, just because a use of force can happen doesn't mean it should happen. Exactly. Right. right. And so that's also another instinct. So the way that we see is if we can if we can make a solid foundation to where they can, you know, again, we were seeing, uh, we did a little test sample with a, with a little PD here. We did about a 12 week, a 10 week or 12 week, uh, uh, cycle with about 25 different officers ranging from SWAT guys who are good to go to people who are, have never worked out before in their life. Right. Mm-hmm. We saw an increase in rifle accuracy. We saw an increase in defensive tactics. We saw an increase in, um, their ability to recover and not be sore from doing those things. Right. Mm-hmm. So that was, that was because we were working on the foundational, on the foundational problems. Right. And that, and that goes back to, um, just kind of what you were saying, everything that you were saying, the behavior, um, that's all built off of one's ability. Yeah. Right. And yeah. so again, and plus like, what is the mental benefit of working out? That's, it's just absolutely amazing. Yeah, so that's, yeah, right. so that's, so that's kind of my take on the foundational side of of really where it all starts so, um so that makes sense yeah no it makes so i was, I was just kind of again uh, we think along the same line so part of the training that i've been researching putting together and, and myself and, and pete are, are really uh, starting to get invested in it is that stress inoculation training that we that we've i've done it in the military you know, where I have a very good friend of mine who used to train Green Berets down at Fort Bray. He was a Green Beret himself. And he told me some of the uh, ins and outs of stress inoculation training that they did for Green Berets and how it worked and benefited, obviously, the the most elite fighting force on the planet and how, why they're so cool under fire, so to speak, and why they're able to effectively uh take down a target or capture a target, do whatever they got to do. It's because they go back to the foundational stuff, the stress inoculation, what they do, which that's what my, I'm working on myself and Peter working on is we are gonna do this type of training to teach the officers about themselves, how they react under stress and how we, how to basically critic, critically think on their feet while they're having to undergo tests and it's nothing that's going to be hard or outside, you know, not, and it's not the yelling or whatever. It's, it's none of that. You know, there's certain drills that, that can be done. Um, I'll give you, you know, just one example of a drill that, that is done is it's called the door drill. I don't know if have you ever heard that? Uh, um, I haven't heard that term before. But okay. go on. So what the door drill is, is for, um, SF, uh, what they do is there's a door on the other side, uh, you know, they're on the other side of the door. On the other side, could be nobody, could be three people, could be a guy and, and a little good kid, could be whatever. So door drill, now let's translate it to law enforcement. Door drill for law enforcement would be, you know, during in-service or whatever, during this type of training that we're doing, an officer would be at the door, has no idea what he's going to walk into, he or she are going to walk into. Elevated stress level immediately. Immediately the stress level elevated and we're going to see it. We're going to have a heart rate monitor on them and we're going to see their, their heart rate just start to skyrocket. And as soon as that door opens, it's going to be maybe a little old lady who's looking for directions or it's going to be a freaking all out melee between two or three guys, or it's going to be freaking some dude charging at him with a knife. Yeah. So it's going to be all kinds of different things and you're not going to know what's on the other side of the door. 
And that right there, that stress inoculation right there, where you're like, holy shit. And later after you do the AR which each, with each officer, where you're like, all right, hey, listen, this is where your heart rate was already. You know, and a, how- a good thing to notice and to note on that is people don't realize a lot of times that their heart rate and their bodies are going through changes, oh, yeah. which is, you know, chemical dumps in the brain and all yeah. that stuff. They don't realize it. No. Uh, here's the thing. Like, example, re- real life scenario yesterday, we got a crazy gun call. You know, it was uh, some dude stealing packages off a porch, points a gun at a guy, at the victim, and takes off on an electric scooter. We're like, oh, shit, gun call. You know, we're all like, hell yeah. You know, obviously, I'm like, let's do it. You know, let, we're all going. So on my way down there, obviously, my heart rate, yep, everybody's heart rate's elevated. You can tell, even from the radio, you know, a, on our way, whatever, whatever, whatever. And just that right there, and it turned out that's when not what it was. It was some 13-year-old kid showing off a BB gun to uh, a neighbor. How quickly could that have gone south? Exactly. Now, like you said, Adam, with the uh, unfoundational officer that is just not there, um, you know, uh, uh, mentally, especially mentally and physically, they're going to get out of their cruiser huffing and puffing to the point that they're already about to have a freaking heart attack because they went through this whole cycle in their heads on their way to a call that turned out not to be what it is. So I've personally trained myself and, and a lot of effective cops that do it to be in the middle because you don't know where you're going to go, you know, what it's going to be. You kind of train yourself to be, all right, yeah, you know, when I go to a call, I'm going to be this middle. I'm not going to be way up here and I'm not going to be way down there. I'm going to be just right here until I figure out what's going on. So those are the types of things where you teach these junior officers, newer officers, recruits, and down the line, that's where you're going to get the effective officer out there, out on the street, you know, where, where they learn about themselves. And I think that's where, where, where the training is lacking because there's, I mean, yeah, go ahead. No, no. What, so what I was just going to say is, is, you know, where I was seeing kind of the holdup is, you know, obviously the administrative side. Because oh, there's guys yeah. like, like, like you, like you both are on the ground. You see it. Yep. You see it every day. You experience it very, very often, right? Most officers on patrol, just like you said, why are the patrol guys getting shafted on training? These are the dudes that oh, are yeah. responding to the call. Why yep. are again? No offense to all the high speed SWAT guys. Thank you for your service. I salute you. Whatever. Uh, You're welcome. Like, yeah. I mean, no, I mean, get I mean, him yeah. going, yeah, dude. Oh my God. No, no man. No. I just give SWAT guys a hard time. I, I was never on SWAT, so I, I can't even, but, I, but like, so literally everybody that works for effective fitness is either currently on SWAT, part-time SWAT or full-time SWAT. <laughs> I am the only guy that was never on SWAT. So, um, I was, but they that's all have good beautiful hair. So <laughs> what, what do you all have beautiful hair or what, no hair at all. You, so hey, right here, look right here. Yeah, bro, look, look at him. that thing. Dude. Look at that. It's, it's I, like glistening. Dude, I don't you like that. that shit. Hey, I don't, I don't look at that bald <laughs> and I'm, nice I'm, hair. I'm, shaved Guys. head, dude. Come on. Come on. Shaved head. And like, look at that. That was it's like 40 pounds of grease in that thing. It's, hey. <laughs> it's fucking racist. I'm just kidding. It's okay, oh, bro. I'm half Italian. Uh, all right, we're good. So yeah. All good. All good here. But no, you know, Adam, so- having having all those SWAT guys and then having non-SWAT guys is very beneficial. It is because they, it's the thing, man. They all come from different backgrounds, whether it's, you know, canine, Marine, SWAT, and we all work different areas. We've all worked different areas or the same area, right? So, you know, so, you know, the call volume is different. The, yeah. the calls are different, right? Yeah. So where we really benefit is, you know, 
is that. But also one issue that I'm really seeing is, you know, I was having this discussion with a buddy of mine. Um, his name is Andrew Keith. He's a, you guys on the podcast. Mm -hmm. He's a phenomenal human being. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, there's a point where, uh, let me give you an example. So there's an officer involved shooting, uh, in, in, uh, Georgetown, South Carolina, right? Uh, this shooting was not justified. Okay. Um, the officer was arrested. Uh, I don't think she has gone to trial yet or anything like that, but, uh, she was charged. Um, so, I, I don't know much about the case. Not much is out, but I took a guess, right? And my guess was uh, this officer got into, responded to a call, got into a situation where she, where she or he felt overwhelmed and literally drew their gun and pulled the trigger, right? And so now this person works for a smaller agency, right? I'm, I don't know, like probably 50 or less. Uh, so you know that the training budget is probably zero if- Yeah, <laughs> if, yeah, if any. Right. If, right. If any, so you have agencies that are hiring people who have no experience, right? So I would consider them subpar cops because they have zero experience, right? Yep. Yep. They send them to a police academy where they're probably more than likely going to get subpar training. Yep. Right. Yep. And they're going to, to go uh, into FTO where their FTO received the same subpar training Yep. from, uh, from an academy that's subpar. And then, they receive support training from their FTO and they have no training budget. So I highly doubt that FTO is going out on his or her own to receive higher level yeah. or advanced training. They may have great experience, maybe a great person, maybe very knowledgeable about certain, certain aspects, but they may be lacking in certain things. Yeah. So at what point is when that officer does this, she gets into a, a situation or a predicament in which subpar is obviously not going to cut it. Yes. Right. Because rally doesn't care what fucking par you're in. Yeah. It, it's going to care about what you can do right then and there. It's going, to, it's going to say what kind of actions, what kind of skills and ability could you apply to the situation to then present somewhat of a justified positive outcome. Yep. Right. Um, so at what point do we say, well, now this officer, her life is obviously ruined. Yeah. Right. It, yeah. It's, it's absolutely ruined. Um, and the agency is like, well, we trained you, but did you though? Yeah. Did, did you, you? Yeah. Yeah. Did you really train her? So now this officer's life is fucked. Yeah. Uh, but she's attended every single mandatory in-service training and is quote unquote past. Okay. Check the so box. So now buddy. at what point do we say, yes, it's, yes, it all is. Yes. It is the responsibility of the individual officer to seek higher level training. Yeah. But why isn't the agency holding that burden to an extent of like, what do you guys think could be done on that level to say, look, we, there's obviously a problem, obviously. Mm -hmm. And that's, and it's in many agencies, not just, not just this one in particular, but it's, it's in many, it's probably even in your own agency. Yeah, yeah, right. And even, yeah. I mean, cause there's definitely in mine. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So what can we do to get the boots on the ground, the, the proper training to, to make them better? Yeah. It's an exposure issue. Okay. Yeah. Now 100% agree. it's an exposure issue in this, in, and also in the sense of a lot of these officers don't know, they know that they want to train, they know that they need some training. They don't know where to go. Yep. They don't know who to listen to because there's a thousand training companies out there that are so goddamn commercialized. And how many trainings have you been to where at the end of it, somebody's like, and by the way, buy these pants. Yeah. Uh, and you're yeah. like, just went to one. <laughs> like it's you know? so fucking commercialized. It was, it was, it was ridiculous. It was five days, five days waste of time that I could have been out there doing my job. Then, trying to someone trying to sell me in you know some some stupid 
thing. Right. I, I'll give you guys my two cents on it and tell me if I'm wrong because I'm human and I'm also fallible and I've been wrong in my life, right? I look at things as like an island, mm. okay? You have your high-speed guys. You have your do-nothings. You have your fucking meal team six guys. Meal team six. And I you have it. your seal team six guys. Yep. At the pinnacle and the mounted in the middle of it is places like Force Science. Yeah. Who is the, you know, the the grade A top, it's the force science. Yeah. It's the science behind everything that we're doing. Yeah. It's the science that ties in everything that Adam's doing, everything that you're doing, and everything that I'm doing. Yeah. Right? It's the fucking Corvette. Yeah. There's no bridging the gap between that's, any of that. That's that's where it's like so so yeah, I'm the, I'm doing the uh, the four science analyst the, the advanced analyst course. It's a 10 week course and it's it's a phenomenal course. You're talking research up the wazoo and I've done more reading about I envision movement than I ever have even in college <laughs> doing let, urology. Let, let me cut but, you off. Just to, just yep. to, what good is that training going to do for you if you're the only one sitting at the top of the mountain? I was gonna get to it. Okay, you're, you're like you're, I just you're wanted to get me. it out. You're rushing me, <laughs> so Adam, tell him to shut up. <laughs> so oh, Jesus, <laughs> let the man speak. So, uh, so, so that, but so again, you know, I'm doing this course, and it's a great course. I'm finding this amazing information. They're doing all these experiments and all this stuff, and all this stuff, and all this stuff. I said, all right, this. I mean, it's great. It's brilliant. It's there's there's I can't argue against it. You know, like you said, Pete. Though now we got to bring it all together, right? All these good researches on human performance, on brain performance, on, you know, just the more, to me, it's like the more holistic approach. Yeah, whole body. Rather than, so so an effective, uh, here, here's the, actually, uh, I think I, that's what it is. Okay, so this is what I heard during this training that, that I just went to, which I'll, I'll give them some credit. There was some good information in it. They said, you know, instead of, diagnosing one thing after another and you go, okay, I'm going to diagnose the finger up. Oh, yep. Finger. Okay. Let's do the hand now. Oh, nope. Now let's go down to the foot instead of looking at the whole human body. Like, okay, what, what is it about this whole human body that we need to get to peak performance, you know, versus, all right, yeah, your knee hurts. Let's do some surgery and then your knee would be better and you're good to go. Like, well, that's not enough. What's what, what's the follow through? Yeah, and and I think that's where uh, guys like us come in for that follow through. Every you know, all these spectacular uh, training is all well and good, but now it has to be on the streets. How you know to apply it on the streets? And I think that's where the, these types of training, stress inoculation, uh, the uh, effective fitness, um, you know, even street uh, street cops training, you know, with the amazing stuff that they do over there. Um, you, you combine all of it together, though, now you have a holistic approach right. to policing, to right. training the right kind of cops, to putting out the right information out there. Everybody would know these case law, you know, like, you, you know, with, with the street cops training, they're great with case law and all this stuff that they do and all the information they're pumping out is like, all right, great. You know, now you know how to stop, you know, all these cars and you're analyzing and you're getting all these great seizures out of it. All right, well, now... On the flip side, okay, now you're going under stress. You're getting shot at because you found 10 kilos in, in a car. Now what? Now, yeah, case law's not going to help you there. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> exactly. So now, because let's say you went to this holistic approach, oh, shit, I know what to do here, or your brain automatically fires off the signals that you get trained to fire off, and you effectively take down the suspect, or you 
end up getting out of the danger area, the kill zone, or whatever you do that just saved your own life because of that holistic approach where everything came together in one training versus different trainings for everybody, you know? And I think that's, that's essentially that's where I'd love to see uh, police training is that type of training. Right. And it comes down to, you know, self-assessment, um, you know, and what people uh, should be training and what people think they should be training. Right. So it's like, you know, this is what you need to actually be training, even though you may not like it, but you think you should be training this. Right. And there's also, just like you said, you brought a really good point of there's so many training companies out there, which ones are good. Yeah. Right. And that's always a question. Cause I remember when I, when I first got in the profession, I always wanted to seek higher level training. Um, I usually attended about four classes a year. Uh, when I, when I, from the time I first got hired on to the time I left, I went to four classes a year. Um, whether I, whether I traveled for those, I mean, I've been all the way out to Tulsa. Uh, I've been all over the country training and man, it was, it was amazing exposure, but I really valued my time and I really valued my money. Uh, more importantly, my time. Um, and because you know, money, you can make more of that. Your time, once it's, uh, once that second goes away, ain't no getting that back. So, you know, who do you go to? That was always a question. Like I would always ask my friends, Hey man, I'm looking to do some vehicle stuff. Who do you recommend? I'm looking to do some case law stuff. Who do you recommend? I've, you know, I've attended a street cop. I've attended two street cop training classes. I've attended, um, you know, Will Petty's VCQB class. I've attended, um, I mean, uh, Tulsa SWAT. I've, and I've attended multiple medical, uh, TAC med classes, whether it's with, uh, Tulsa SWAT, uh, or even, even actually, I've actually, took a T TC three class at North American rescue, which is about three hours from me. So not too yep. far. Yep. Um, you know, so my ability to train was, was there, but it was just who, and that's where, um, really if those that are listening, if you don't know where to train or who to train, ask, yeah. ask a lot of people, ask for resumes, ask people that have attended and say, Hey, was this worth your time? Was this worth? Because again, if you go to a, a class, that's a thousand rounds. One, you're going to be paying what five, 600 bucks for the class. If not more, yeah. And you're going to be paying five, six, 700 bucks for, for a thousand rounds of ammunition. So that's a, that's a $1,200 investment plus your time. Yeah. Um, so that's, you know, that's, that's kind of always my two cents there, but, um, you know, I don't, I don't get paid by, by street cop training. I don't get paid by will pay. I don't get paid by anybody, but effective fitness. Yep. So, um, and we have one other sponsor that helps with the podcast, but, but really, but besides that, um, you know, those guys are, are great. And really when it comes to, we talked about overcomplicating the fundamentals, yep. Um, I don't follow that many people for that reason. Exactly. I, I'm the same way. I'm the yeah, same there's way. There's a, there's a freaking billion. So, yeah. you know, and, and to some you may, you may pick one thing up, but sometimes you really don't know what somebody truly has to offer until you really dive into yeah. to their courses or, you know, kind of who they are and what they are. But, you know, I, I definitely recommend, uh, Will Petty's VCQB or his, or his, um, high risk vehicle stop class. Uh, anything street cop has to offer, uh, when it comes to the case law or even like the interdiction stuff, the yeah. trap stuff is those guys are, are, they have a monopoly on that. Um, I have yet to find anybody that's even come fucking close to, <laughs> to what they do. And they also have really good marketing as well. So it's oh, actually yeah, one yeah. Point that has great marketing and a good product, not just good marketing. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, but, you know, I mean, to your point about the pants at the end of the class, I get it. You got to make money. I, I hundred percent, that's, that is the blood of a business. I hundred percent get that. Um, but at, you know, at the same time, your, your mission should be first and that should be to be provide a resource and, 
people that are leaving there and paying you money and time, they should leave with something other than, uh, hey, I, I got a new cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. You know? Exactly. Nice. I mean, that, that's the thing. It's, 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 it, I think it's coming to a point where, um, especially with all this police reform, which obviously it's going to hurt the profession more than help it. Before, I think people are starting to realize it too, uh, because there's some changes happening, like in our state, where all of a sudden the training budget just skyrocketed out of nowhere uh, because, Fuck yeah, yeah, because uh, guess what? Um, training, yeah, you need to train cops. Uh, I, I heard this number. Uh, get this from from uh, last year or the year, yeah, last year the training budget was down to like two, three million dollars. Now. It's north of thirty million. Yeah, I heard the exact same thing, <laughs> I, so, and, yeah. and I heard that at an in-service the other day. Now, yeah. can I give you my thoughts on that? Yeah, well intent, very well intended. Yeah, right. We want more training. We want a lot of training. When I went to the training council's website, mm -hmm. the number of obscure fucking abstract classes that oh, are available. Oh yeah, no, it's it's crazy. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. fucking phenomenal. Well, because they're throwing money at anything. Well, they're take, <laughs> they're, they're taking you know how to build a cookie. And throwing it up on the fucking wall and putting a tactical aspect to it, yeah. and then there's they're gonna find an instructor that's gonna want to teach it for fifty dollars now. Listen, you put anything tactical before anything, you, you're gonna get wrapping and multi. Oh yeah, hell yeah. <laughs> but my point is, it's great intent. Yeah. Remember, I, I'm not gonna say it on on the show, but remember the training that I told you that I had to take yeah. for the in service. Yeah. That was done by like a sophomore in fucking Wisconsin or wherever the fuck it was. <laughs> yeah. That that the training council paid X amount of dollars for and then offered up X amount of probably in my city close to a million dollars to get everybody fucking trained yeah. on it. You think about it, well intended, I got nothing out of it. City checked the box. Saying, Again, check the box training. We trained them on it. Yeah. Right? I, I went like I went to work the next night and I was like, I'm going to try and apply some of this shit. I'm going to tell you right now. Didn't happen. Well, here's the thing. What profession? Doctors, right? Do they have check the box training? Surgeons check the box training. Do uh, do some these high end uh, electrical engineers that build skyscrapers and shit like, like that? I, I, do they do check the box training? I think OSHA would have a fit if anybody is doing any sort of training like that, especially in those professions. Why is our profession? different any different well look i get it e even in the medical field right it, there's it's not conspiracy it's the fourth killer of the united of people in the united states mm -hmm. malpractice mm -hmm. okay it's a very high stress job yeah they have to be constantly training but it's a practice our profession should be looked at as a practice well, as that's well what I said. It, 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 uh, to me a law enforcement practitioner that's that's it, one of the things i always say law enforcement practitioner and the resources and the money shouldn't just be thrown up on the wall yeah and, you know, in an abstract way, just, hey, guys, pick and choose what you want to do and, yeah. and all this stuff. There needs to be substance. There needs to be that core foundation. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I can sit here and listen to you and Adam about fitness until I'm blue in the face. I'll get nothing out of it. Mm -hmm. You can tell me everything you guys have learned with all of your experience in fitness. I'll learn nothing until I apply it. Yeah. 100%. So, you know, the thing is, I'm okay with check the box training if the training's worth a shit. Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, so, yeah. like, I mean, that's that, that's the biggest thing is like, okay, we know the stop get back, we know yeah. that the PPCT yeah. does not work. No. It no. may work once out of Lord knows how many times. <laughs> yeah, but I can tell you for a fact the the times that I went to apply PPCT, 
ineffective. <laughs> the reason why I started training jujitsu was because PPCT didn't work. It, it well, may that, have that worked was, in theory, maybe. Well, oh yeah, they're like, they're like, they're like, oh, let me just press behind your ear the mandib the mandibular fucking thing, bro. No. Yeah. Yeah. Just no. no. Yeah. Just just no. It's not gonna. I'm gonna do the. I'm gonna do with the hand with like the knife hand thing <laughs> yeah, and the right. elbow, and I'm like, I'm like, bro. It, it, this person has half a brain. Um, I'm gonna get punched in the face. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it's just it's just one of those things where you guys, I you know, I think that's a perfect example. Is like you know, just check the box training, but the training some of the training these cops are getting isn't even, isn't even good. It's sort no. of like, sure. It's check the box. And I'm okay with that. As long as it's the, as, as long as it's the right training and it's, you know, I guess like a higher enough standard of a box. Yeah. I'm okay with that. Well, uh, I'll, because, I'll, I'll know, give you an example yep. uh, in one of the, one of the training things that we saw, I looked up, I, I was, you know, I had a break and I was fucking off and I was looking through some of the training and I saw an autism awareness class. Mm-hmm. And I said to myself, that'd be fucking great. Yeah. A lot of people have no idea what they're coming in. I've taken a few of them. Yeah. But a lot of people haven't. Well, I've told you, uh, you know, my kid's autistic. Right. So, so it, uh, to me, a class like that for law enforcement is needed because there's so much to do with, with autism. You know, with my kid, it's a full-time, it's a, more than a full-time job. Do you know where that class was? Page five. <laughs> Page five. Yeah, so you got to go look it's, through it. It's so I get what Adam's saying. It's kind of check the box, but it's very beneficial. Yeah, right. You know, yeah. it's one of those things. They're not. It's gonna be on page five. Yeah, because there's not a lot of trainers on it. Yeah, there's not a lot of people that are gonna sign up. You've seen the other thing that the state's doing is yeah. they're like, we need trainers, we need trainers, and everybody and their fucking mother is gonna want to be a trainer now. Yeah, yeah. So the quality of the trainers is oh, going to go dude. down. Too. Oh my god! I, yeah, I don't know. Uh, we we actually did a purging of the firearm instructor across uh, uh, instructors across the state because it was just like that. It was bad. It was it was people who were firearms instructors who should not have even closely been firearms instructors. So it's it's one of those things where we're unfucking decades of just horrible, horrible uh, uh, information that was put out to academies and recruits and so it's it's like we're starting a clean slate essentially to get the proper training and effective training going and it's funny you uh and amy talking about hitting that wall with the gun hitting that wall hitting that wall you know over and i'm like man that's the same shit we're saying you know to these academy kids now because when me going in it was never that you know, they never would talk like that. They would what like, do you mean? Stop, stop slapping the trigger or stop doing this or stop like, like, okay, well, but what does that mean? Like, how, like right, they don't me, explain shit. They no, they don't explain you're shit. Wrong, yeah. And yeah. they just, and they keep walking. So on. you're saying there's a lot of personal posturing involved in a lot of these trainers, right? <laughs> well, like, yeah, Hey, I know what I'm talking it. about. Look yeah. at me. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And it's, it's like, they like, so, so one of our firearms instructors, he, he's, he's on the SWAT team. He's actually a competitive shooter, really good dude and phenomenal training. He, he puts together for us and then we, you know, we dole it out on all that. And, and that's him. He's like, those are his terms. Like, you know, you, you, you know, once you hit the wall, you know, you press, 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 squeeze, go. Okay. Once you hit that wall and you, you know, and he explains it very well. And again, I think like Amy said, uh, um, in the competitive world of, uh, world of shooting, they're very specific, you know, on, on the fundamentals and, and what you're doing wrong and what you're doing right. And like, that's the type of training that should be coming to law enforcement. Okay. A prime example, qualifications. I don't know how it is with in your area, Adam, <laughs> Our right? quals. but, but quals, we got to do them twice a year. Yeah. Right. And I know how important it is to go and actually train. Yeah. 
right? I know how perishable shooting can be as a skill. So I remember I, I went to the, uh, to the, uh, to the in-service and one of my great friends is one of the instructors. And he was talking to other people that haven't fired in a fucking year. And he said, guys, you know, don't be worried about this. Cause they've Adam, they've recently just changed our qualifications here in an immense way, which is good. Um, and he said, guys, don't worry. I'll, I'll help you guys get through it in this and that. He goes, you need to realize that qualling isn't training. Yeah. And so talking about foundations, I yeah. was like, holy shit. Like as much experience as I've had in firearms and all that, qualling isn't training. No. Talk about foundation right there. Yeah. Do another two classes a year where guys can go out and chase a fucking hole yeah. or guys can go out and fuck off on the range. You know what I mean? By yeah, fucking yeah. off. Yeah. Get some shooting down fucking range. Yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? To me, to me, we try to get the qual out of the way right away because to me, that's what it is. The qual is not training. It's, it's a fucking check in the box. It, it doesn't even make, half the movements don't make sense anyways and they're, they're going to get each other killed and it's like, yeah, no, this is a stupid qual. And, and to me, the real training happens is once we're done with the qual and then I set up the shooting drills and I set yeah. up, you know, I get the heart rate a little up and the stress rate a little up and get it going and get it going and that's where you start to see the breakdown, real, the real breakdown. Do you somebody. see, let me ask you as an instructor, do you see people actually start doing better? Is there an upward slope too when you start giving them that extra training? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yep. Yep. The my science doesn't lie. <laughs> so, yeah. So it's just this, you know, this is my question is, as I understand the purpose of a qual, I mean, I've, I've run many of in service. Um, why, why isn't the qualification training? Right. Why? Why is it, why are we, why are we saying, all right, guys, you know, you're going to fire two rounds. I don't know how you guys do it, but you're going to fire yeah. two rounds, do a tactical reload, fire two more rounds in seven seconds, watch your target. Right. And the target, I, we had the, and you shot your target. Right. Yeah. So it's like, all right, seven seconds. What are we fucking, we've fucking geriatrics here. Right. Like, <laughs> like, okay. So let's just put a shitty standard on it and let's just leave it there. Okay. Yeah. Qualifications. Cops don't shoot animals. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. so if we value our time, we value our money, right. Agencies do both of those things, at least for the most part, they, at least they try to, why are we not making our qualification beneficial to train? Why aren't we focusing on certain aspects within training in that qualification? I am totally down for doing qualifications. hundred percent. We have to right? for yeah, liability yeah. coverage, but why are we not making it to where it's, it's uh, it can be translated into, you know, gunfighting training that's literally what it is yeah so right so yeah so so here's the thing so this again radical idea right uh, which it shouldn't be so radical um we so the our calls 15 15 yards 10 yards uh seven five three you know so something like that there's three difference three okay fine three so there's different types of rounds count on each one and one of the things that I, that I I've always thought, well, I can run a qual, but I could also make it fun, right. By adding obstacles here and there at the 15 yard line, you know, like, Hey, you got to sit behind a barrier, fire your, you know, five rounds and then tack reload behind cover and then go back another five rounds. Well, there's your 10 rounds at the 15 yard line. And you know what they just did, uh, you know, shooting, kneeling and, and adding That's, those fundamentals. Is that, is that not what you're talking about, Adam? Making the crawl. Yeah. Making the call so, an actual training. Yeah. So, so, you know, so ours is very similar to that. Right. Yeah. So I think we also went out to the 20 and 25, but it was like four rounds at 25 or whatever. Oh. Um, but, but yeah, it was kind of very similar to that. 
you know, we talk about, um, you know, I just, again, I'm not, I'm not a firearms expert by any means. I'm not a tactician expert by any means, but, um, you know, I think that everything law enforcement does should be better. I think anything anybody ever does should be beneficial, right? Should have a purpose behind it. If it's just the, this is a qualification. Okay. Well, what are they learning in the qualification? Well, just to get them to pass qualifications. Okay. So they're not actually learning anything. They're just wasting time and wasting money. Why are we not showing them how to manipulate cover better? Why are we not showing them to, Hey guys, instead of seven seconds, it's going to be five. Yeah. Right. And pushing this because then what are you doing? You're forcing someone to be better. Yeah. And if they fail, great. Yeah. Make them do it again. Yeah, exactly. Right. Exactly. And, and that's the thing they, so, you know, uh, when, when I go up and down the range, when I'm, when I'm watching, you know, the, the shooters shoot and all that. And, uh, and, you know, usually we start them off, you know, obviously Academy class, we start them off slow. Um, you know, start firing a couple rounds, a couple rounds from the three yard line, get comfortable, get comfortable, whatever, whatever. We move back to the five and same thing, just, you know, getting comfortable with firing. And, you know, all of a sudden we're noticing that most of their holes are like this. Yeah. And we're like, yeah, you're not trying hard enough. <laughs> you're like, you, you, you want to make faster. The, yeah. You, you want the target to look sexy just so you can impress the instructor. Right. Doesn't impress us, dude. Fucking pick up the speed. Yeah. Let's go. Let's yep. go. Go to the point where you start seeing your rounds really go wide. Then you're like, okay, I'm starting to get to that wall. Let me get it back a little and work on your fundamentals and then work faster and then come back a little bit, work faster. And you always want to push your limits. That's just it. the way it is. Yeah. And that's the training we try to put out. Some people take the fucking, the, the, the saying slow, smooth, smooth, fast. Yeah. They take it way too much oh, to heart. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, they do. That is they the dumbest do. shit I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> <laughs> they it's, take it way too fucking close to heart. way man. too, yeah. Well, <laughs> well, well, the thing is, though, it's, it's kind of like, you know, the whole idea of, you know, high speed, just like my buddy told me. He's like, listen, high speed, you know what it is? It's just doing the basics faster. <laughs> yeah. So stop saying high speed. I'm like, he's not wrong. No, he's, he's not, not wrong. Right. I'm like, yeah. that's, he's 100% that's, correct. That's fucking perfect. <laughs> yeah. So, so, uh, so, anyways, hey, Adam, I mean, uh, usually we, we run the, uh, the clock. So we were, Start, we're going to start wrapping up. I love um, it. So if there's a, we'll give you a couple minutes. If there's a message you want to put out to our listeners and your listeners too, uh, what would that be? Um, again, I like to keep it simple guys. Uh, fuck the standard. There okay, we go. So uh, whatever it is, train above it, train beyond a certification. Certification doesn't save your life. Uh, you know what? This is also, it's, it is a job. It is not an identity. Um, make sure you are taking care of yourself, uh, taking care of your family, taking care of your loved ones. Um, cause I can tell you right now, um, and I had a great conversation with a buddy of mine, you know, you're, you're a number. Um, you're just a number to the agency. You guys, cops do the Lord's work. They, they save lives. You know, they, they are the blanket of protection. We saw, you know, in the past two years, that blanket slowly get pulled back and, and Americans that never really felt how cold it was outside got a little fucking taste and it's pretty yeah. fucking cold. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, and so for those listening that, that do wear a badge and gun to work every day, thank you for what you do. Um, thank you for all your support. Uh, and, and please stay safe. And there's anything that we can do, uh, from effective fitness standpoint, don't hesitate to reach out. We will do our best. Um, uh, we are giving away, uh, 
a million dollars in training again this year for, for law enforcement agencies. So if your agency is interested, we will be posting something about that. Just apply. Um, and we'll get you guys hooked up for a year, uh, of free health and wellness and fitness training for your agency. So thank you for what you guys do. And guys, thank you for having me on fucking, this was a great conversation. No, Adam, man, thank Adam, you. I truly really appreciate it. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to hit you up after, after we're done here Do it, and uh, we'll talk. All right, my man. Stay on the line for a second, Adam. Thanks, Thanks brother. Hit me up guys. All right. Dude. Yes, sir. What a good show. Yeah. What yeah. a great fucking guy to have on, That's man. That's what I said. You know, similar mindsets, man. We find each other. Absolutely, guys. Check us out, projectsapien.org. Shoot us an email, projectsapien2020 at gmail.com. I want to say thanks to our tens of thousands of listeners, our supporters, DCD Automotive, Effective Fitness Training, EFT, Till Valhalla, AAA Police Supply, Havoc Journal, Live Boston, OD Kit, Eagle Eye Firearms, Gun Track, Fit Cops, 22 Mohawks, and Joint Operations. We love you guys. Stay safe. Stay sapient.